Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's show of the Party Invite podcast. Uh, no, what is this? The Party Invite show. This is episode 114 or 115. It depends if you're asking uh, me or Vilos. Um, we're back, the three of us. Uh, I'm your host, Tegan. We're joined by Vilos over here and Sovereign Sid. Hello. Uh, this week, hopefully, my, my audio is just a little bit better because, wow, uh, boy. Yeah, I bought a new headset last week and uh, sure didn't know how to use it. So <laughs> apologies to everybody um, for, for my personal audio last week. Uh, the, uh, let's see. So this, this show is part podcast, uh, which is what we've been playing, and um, a party topic. We've got a good one this week, uh, followed by a game stream. So we'll be playing some games later. I think we'll see a lot of Vilos playing some games from Steam's. Uh, the, the Steam Next Fest is officially over, but the summer sale is still going on, and there are a ton of demos still available. Uh, but before we get to all of that, um, let's talk about Blissin' Up, something that made each of us smile this week. Uh, we take submissions in our Discord. We have a channel that you can uh, you can tell us what, what uh, made you smile this weekend. And if you'd like, we can read it on the show. Uh, but I wanted to talk about uh, the thing. Oh my gosh, I've been waiting for this for so long, y'all. My, my new graphics card finally arrived. It's... You can't see it apparently because my green screen. It's too. It's it too Nvidia like green. Uh, how can I? Oh gosh, what can I do to to make this appear? It on does the almost fill up the frame though. That's why it does. Uh, this thing is so big, y'all. Okay, so I'm gonna stand up. Okay, this is my whole body. Look how <laughs> this is the size of my oh whole my body. Oh my god! It's that so big. Yeah. Uh, it is half the size of the PS5. It is almost exactly fifty percent. The size of the PS5 and, and the PS5 is fucking thick, dude. Like, it's thick. We wild. did. I did my first and only uh, <laughs> unboxing video with the PS5 when it first arrived, um, because it's funny. So we got a PS5 on on day one, and people were like, "Oh man, Tegan, how'd you get the hookup? That's so cool!" And I'm like, "The hookup was I happened to be uh, engaged to the woman who won the Sony lottery, <laughs> because uh, she just had her name drawn out of a hat and Sony." Uh, you know, allowed us to, to buy it on day one. So um, I remember taking the PS5 out of the box and I was just blown away by how big it was. It was huge. Uh, so uh, this time, yeah, so this, I just took it out of the actual box. I mean, this thing is like so big, dude, that I, according to PC Part Picker, it will fit in all in my case and on my motherboard and stuff but case is gonna be like kill me i'm kind of <laughs> nervous about it uh you are so, over encumbered <laughs> <laughs> so that's really how i feel so i'm thrilled that that's here because um that means we can do a lot more stuff with the show with streaming with discord uh sometimes all at the same time really looking forward to that um yeah that's gonna kind of uh, let let me level up my setup here um, I also got a new microphone. I, I got finally the adapter that's going to let me do blah, 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 fun stuff. Um, that's all very exciting, except uh, I'm about to go out of town. I'm about to go to Kansas City and uh, hopefully see you two and uh, and Chris and, and a bunch of other people, family and all that stuff. Um, so I, was, I knew when this thing arrived a couple nights ago, I was like, I know that if I open up my computer, it will not be fixed in time for tonight's show. So I had to just leave it. And I know that even now, if I take it apart, it just won't, my computer won't be turned on for way too long. So, um, so I'm going to wait till I get back from vacation. Uh, and then I'm going to, I'm going to perform surgery on this whole thing. We'll have a new microphone. Uh, oh, I've got my new headset, which is why my audio was so bad last week. Oh gosh, how embarrassing. Um, 
But yeah, new headset, a uh, new video card, and a, an actual good microphone, y'all. It's the summer of Tegan. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's so hot out, you know? Uh, well, it will be after July, because during July is the summer of Sob. Oh, that's right. Sob season. <laughs> yeah, literally, Sob will not let you get away with anything. Like, it's it's Sob's time. Period. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for personally coming to visit me for personal reasons to visit me. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. the only reason you're coming. It's because it's me. Uh, yep. Yeah. We're, uh, we're, yep. Um, in fact, yeah, I, I tried to clear all my other plans. I told everybody I was just going to see you the whole time, but, um, you know, people started fighting me. So, uh, if it's you can... okay. I will deign for you to allow yourself to see other people. It's fine. All right. I'll let them know. I'll... Uh, well, well, let, uh, let's talk about what you guys are going to listen up. I'm going to text all my friends and let them know that I can actually see them, that uh, you deigned it uh, <laughs> for, for the week. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm really excited for that. So, um, yeah, big, big things, you know. It's like, actually, let me say this real quick. Uh, I am excited to have all this big hardware, but I want to remind people that there are also tons of great ways to stream without having a lot of hardware. Because I'm remembering, like, most of the issues that I've ever had with streaming were user error. It wasn't my hardware. It wasn't <laughs> anything else. It was that I messed up with software or I just forgot to, to do something. And a lot of those are just my personal things. But it did remind me how much you really can do with very little when you want to stream. So for any creator out there who thinks they can't stream because they don't have a strong enough computer uh, or maybe they, they're nervous that their mic's not good or maybe they're just nervous because they've never done it before. Um, there's so many tools out there to help you get started, tutorials and, and so many things. So, uh, you know, if that's something you want to do, we also have a great creator lounge. We have a, uh, an area in our Discord just for giving and receiving feedback on stuff like that. So we'd love to um, hear from anybody who falls in that category, who wants to create um, and and is either nervous about starting or is, is looking uh, to kind of level up and, and hear feedback from people on what they should do next. We've got a lot of great people who we shout out on here all the time um, who, who've offered just invaluable support to, to like literally everybody in here right now. And Chrome shows up right when we're doing that. Yeah, like literally everybody in chat right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there are just so many tools out there. I mean, you know, I every year I've, I'll say that it's never been there's never been a better time to game to be a gamer. I would say the same thing about creating, um, whether you're doing video game content or making music or anything else. There's never been a better time to be a creator. I think so. All you got to do is start. You know, you can't be worse than me. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. All right. Well, uh, well. How about you two? What's uh, what's good on on your front? Um. Well, I'm just gonna be talking about my car because I'm so proud of how far she's come, um, despite my every last effort to sabotage her entire existence. <laughs> um. So uh, recently, as we all know, um, I just got her back from the shop. Uh, she got a whole BBL. Um, with a big, a, a nice new back bumper. I'm still working on somehow conveniently being front-ended by some other car so they can pay for my front bumper. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how it works? I'm not trying to pay for that myself. <laughs> Just like, oh no, you're turning the wrong lane? It would be a shame if someone were, oh no. Well, give me your insurance. <laughs> uh, no, for legal reasons, that's a joke. Uh, <laughs> but um, I just got my tags done uh, yesterday, which is I'm, something I'm super proud of because last year 
when I uh, went to go get my tags done, I found out that I've been driving for a year with expired tags. Hey. And nobody told me because I was expecting to get like, you know, the form in the mail or something. They sent it to my mom because she's like the primary signer or whatever it's called. So I was just like, huh, I guess I'm fine. Do, 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 do. And then one day uh, I just got pulled over at night for like no reason. I was just like, oh, no, here I am. Uh, let me just break out the, the makeup and everything. So uh, the officer stops me and he's just like, hey, your tags are expired. I was like, they are? Excuse me? And sure enough, they were a year old. So this time I got ahead of it and I spent three hours at the DMV just playing Pokemon Stadium and waiting to have five words with the lady, sign a document and leave and then stick the sticker on there. It was It was the best time of my life. It was great. Get out of here now. Was that, were those the five words? Those are perfect words to say, yeah. Oh, no. She was just like, get your registration here, please. <laughs> Something like that. Is yeah, that right? Yeah. Cool, uh, yeah. yeah. That's Probably. not my specialty, so what was that, 10 words? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got the tags done, and then um, I'm getting oil done, and I'm just, I'm so proud of myself because I'm usually so irresponsible with my cars. And, um, you know, we got the whole set the tires on her and everything. I'm just celebrating Saoirse right now because I don't see, like, I don't I don't get to talk about her enough unless she's in trouble. So, this time <laughs> this time I'm praising her existence. Go Saoirse. I love you. We're going to be taking care of you. And I hope that um, we pay you off soon because I'm running out of money, y'all. <laughs> if you want to donate to the soft fund to help pay for Saoirse, you know, come and see me in Kansas City, just like Tegan. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for the money, Tegan. I mean, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't trust no, wire transfers, so yeah, I'm flying out to hand it to you in person. <laughs> that would actually be really funny if someone was that averse to technology, that they would visit someone in person just to avoid that. They're oh, out there, man. They're, they're definitely out there. I mean, Vilos, you're using cash for stuff, right? You know, sometimes you, you just gotta, some people are like, I won't accept, you know, card or venmo or Land, any of that yeah, stuff landlords. it'd be like that uh yep. well vilos what's good with you uh man i've had a lot of bad but oh no but i got some good and today was one of those so uh a couple days ago i i ordered things from amazon because uh, a whole situation i'm now basically delivering uh everything i am buying like groceries and everything is delivery now uh because <clears throat> i don't have a car uh so because that expires tax and they took it, right? Oh, yeah, sure. That's that's <laughs> totally what happened. Um, so uh, I grabbed some things from Amazon Prime because uh, I, I have a Whole Foods like half a mile away. So I walked there and uh, I got Cult of the Lamb the other day. Retail oh, hell yeah. that And started playing that. Good time. Love it already. Um, good but I got two particular things that I've been really excited about for a long time. And uh, <clears throat> first one is... Uh, front mission first. This is and the oh the cover looks funny because it's a lenticular thing. I don't know if you can really oh see cool. it like this, like the kind that you um, can like scratch on it and it sounds like a, a disc jockey. Exactly. And so uh, this is a Microids physical copy. So they always do really cool stuff. They do the lenticular, the really good plastic dust cover, and um, uh, this came with a couple really cool uh, uh, art little art prints and stuff. Uh, but Front Mission is a, is a remake of the old Front Mission. Um, I've been really excited about it for a while. Obviously, it's a, a mech game. If you're not familiar with Front Mission, it's a mech tactics game. and It's mech-tastic. And... <laughs> exactly. Mech tactics like, like Into the Breach? Yes. 
Okay. Yes, uh, except it's actually a more realistic graphic uh, graphical style. So <laughs> into the really, breach is like, oh, these are huge mechs, yeah. <laughs> but they look like they're that big. <laughs> yeah, they're micro machines. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, this game is super cool, and I I really cannot wait to get into it. Um, but what I've been most excited for, um, despite that, is just you know Amazon gets you sometimes, and and I've already uh, I've already showed off one of these before. So I had the the Splatoon Switch case and uh, a game card case, by the way, the Splatoon one, and I got the Switch one uh, a few weeks back. And so, as you can see, they... Oh, man, it's hard to hold them. Uh, like, this one, it's got 24, so cool. 24 cartridges, and each of those, all right? But, oh, how, how much do you practice that snap? You're like, <laughs> hey, girl. Hey, <laughs> listen, it, it sounds good. I don't know When you propose it'll... to somebody, can you put 24 <laughs> rings in that thing yes. and be like, hey, girl? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I mean, it'll. That situation looks familiar to me, you know. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you can What's hear the on? satisfying uh, snap, though. Huh? Yeah, it's like that soft. Yeah. It's like a good it's clasp. A, it's like a pad. Yeah, it's uh... a it's a magnetic uh, clasp. So, but this saw this really cool case on Amazon, and I had to get it. Don't be jealous of. Um, but. This one that is almost the exact, almost an exact copy of the new Zelda Switch, the new OLED Switch, and it's it is uh, for forty eight cartridges. So blah, blah, like, yes, yes, and I might have to get the Zelda OLED just to match it. Uh, but so now I can actually about that hold all my birthday. <laughs> 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 but yeah, now I I can actually uh, hold all my. Switch games because I got like seventy five something, seventy five eighty. I don't know. Um, I can actually hold all my Switch ca- Switch carts in these three things. Super compact. Like very excited about that because um, I previously had a uh, a binder style one. So yeah, I could literally fit all my Switch games into this little thing right here. Nice. Just these three. So I'm super psyched about that because my life is turning into like the minimalist dream very soon so yeah that's it bet you know carry your life on your back you know with uh with carrying cases like that <laughs> you can like i love how comically yeah. small like if you buy i mean well this would be a great thing to talk about later uh in our uh, physical discussion but you know getting like a nintendo switch case that's this big you know th- this big uh <laughs> but then the the case the cartridge and side of it it's just itty bitty you know just a, a 50th of, of the size of the case uh like you crack it open and it's like wait really <laughs> like the first time yeah. the first time i saw uh a nintendo let's see which one was it i guess it was a switch game um but it was, it was similar like when the gamecube cds were so small they're so mm-hmm. tiny i remember cracking yeah. it open and i was just like wait what, <laughs> what the hell why they tricked me <laughs> why <laughs> give me the whole thing uh <laughs> But uh, yeah, um, cool, man. Uh, yeah, you're always collecting that stuff. We, when do we get a, a full showcase of like a uh, catalog, right? When do we get a catalog of of all the goodies? I feel like we can oh, even that, do our own. Like, that'll happen again work. later this year for sure. We need to have like a, a calendar with the pictures of all of your like collector's items just on every month. <laughs> we have like an advent calendar for the <laughs> collection. That would actually be pretty fun. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, like uh, in in Devolver's 
digital thing, the the Volvi returns thing we just watched, uh, right? They have like the the fifteen minute countdown that we watched, which had uh, trailers and stuff in it at the beginning. But you know, they have the animations like, hey, in fifteen minutes we're gonna start. Uh, I just imagine like every time there'll just like be a, a really an inexplicably high definition. Uh, showcase of like some statue or game or something that you've got that's just like oh check this one out or even have like uh, have like the um, shopping network the home shopping network stuff at the bottom <laughs> hey i can the... i can get a little turntable thing yeah that'd be that. fun. That's actually really cool well so we're gonna I, I do want to know how like how big are those cases and also where did you get them they're i miss where, I miss where like you got the them size, they're literally like the size of my phone so Amazon has like at least a half dozen different companies <laughs> that okay. sell them. Yeah. Uh, but I, I could definitely send links to anybody that wants them, by the way. Uh, but yeah. Because I need one for my, my slate because I just have like these little tiny. It's legit the size of the uh, Pixel 6a, uh, but a little bit thicker. This And this is the, the big one. You know, the other ones are, are actually almost exactly the size of this phone. So okay, yeah, cool. a little over I, I would like some more storage options for my switch games oh, i haven't yeah. bought more, but it's because i ran out of room so <laughs> uh well hell yeah all right well that's a little blissing up uh yeah the stuff that's making us smile this week i'm glad we all all got stuff to be happy about right now you know we talked in the pre-show of how the entire country is melting right now due to heat so uh it's nice to you know be able to come together and uh smile about stuff Okay, so yeah, that's if, uh, if you ever see us with a frown, it's not because we're actually frowning; it's because our faces are melting off of our face. Yeah. So it's like, mm. <laughs> uh, well, enough smiling. Uh, we're allowed to melt now uh, because now Blissin' Up is over, and we're going to talk about what we've been playing. So uh, this week, you know, uh, we've got uh, we've got a few things. We, we've only got uh, three of us. Chris is out. Um, and normally we have like two games each, but it looks like we've got, uh, Vilas and I only have one apiece, uh, and Sav, um, you've got, you know, you got a classic in there. Um, I'd say you got some Sav classics, right? Like you've got, uh, a couple bingo card mentions in here. Um, Sav, let's start with you and, uh, let's see, let's start with, uh, Splatoon 3, if that's all right. I'll see if I can wrestle up the, uh, the footage that we had from the past. Um, I'll let okay, you know sure. when it's on screen. Yeah, for sure. Um, so um, this is going to be one, another one of those times where I talk about Splatoon for like a straight month on the podcast because, I mean, that's all I've been doing right now. Remember when I did that with Macarena? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> all of Remember when I hosted a, a podcast with Cam Koenig and, and I talked about Apex Legends every episode that was for like oh my God. one episode? That was so long, though. Yeah. It was like a lot of minutes every episode. Every episode, yeah. I remember we when you had me guest uh, guest star on there, you made it a point to be like, okay, I'm not going to talk about Apex Legends for as long as I usually do. And then Cam talked about Destiny 2 for like as long as you usually talk about. <laughs> well, you know, I was like, hmm. <laughs> just uh, glad to give the space to somebody else because uh, when I get excited, I have trouble. Uh, whew. Same. Oh. I mean, that was me with like the Nintendo direct last week so or last week you know whenever it was but uh speaking of that uh the stuff that they're starting to roll out some of which they announced during the nintendo direct um is starting to like make its way into fruition to the game um so there are more challenges that have been coming out i think they're weekly at this point there's one that is called a monthly challenge which happened last weekend hmm. and that was just uh making all of the primary builds of your weapon your weapon gears um, it was only your primary abilities, not your secondary. So only your main perk mattered in your build, which I found really freeing because it allowed me to wear a lot of stuff that I don't usually wear because they're 
traits aren't as good. Mm-hmm. Um, which you can change. You can also augment those, but that takes time. I'm trying to win. I'm not trying to build. <laughs> I already have my favorite set. <laughs> so it's nice to like, you know, break out some of the other outfits I've been wanting to make because I do have a catalog, y'all. I mean, surprising no one. Um, but this weekend or this this last weekend that just happened, um, there was like the Foggy Notion one. And that's the one I was talking about beforehand um, on one of our previous episodes where it limits, limits the vision of your, like your, the area of your vision. And it's literally so thick, y'all. The fog is so thick. It's crazy because I thought that it was just going to be like, oh, it's a little bit of obstruction. It's fine. Uh, but no, literally you cannot see this far in front of your face until it was too late. And it was really cool because you had to change your sub weapons and stuff to like sonar weapons and um, enemy location weapons and things like that to get the information that you needed to be able to operate. That was cool. That's cool. Um, that's really all I have to say about Splatoon 2. Other than the Splatfest is... Or, sorry, 3. Splatoon 3. Because uh, we were talking about Splatoon 2 earlier. But Splatoon 3, uh, the Splatfest is coming back. Um, and as previously discussed, it is the ice cream flavor. I'm curious to find out, has anyone's opinion changed? Like, have y'all gone out and had ice cream in between the last time we talked about it and this time and realized the area of your ways if you like mint chocolate? Like, what's going on? <laughs> no, I did not. I did not change my opinion on it at all. Wow. Uh, Man, that's uh, weird. Adults are, are famously known for changing their opinions, you know? Especially when presented with information that, like, you know, overcomes their initial opinion. Right. Which is, that said, I love vanilla ice cream. Like, I have no qualms with it ever especially if it's vanilla bean like yeah vanilla i'll eat ice cream any day of the week man and i'll eat ice cream on this podcast day. i'll go i'll do it right exactly. now <laughs> literally just reaches into the main fridge <laughs> <laughs> i did put our vanilla bean uh ice cream in the fridge a couple days ago so uh oof, i'll have to i did put it back in the freezer but you know ice cream can only handle so much Oops. I will say that, like, I, I really like those candies that they give you at Olive Garden, like the mint chocolate candies that you eat, like, at the end. Like, it's it's literally half mint, half chocolate. But I don't, I don't know why I don't like mint Andy's chocolate ice cream. I, I, I don't know what they're called. They might be those. Yeah, and sure they're, they're the most Okay, like ones. the small rectangular thin ones. Yeah. Um, I mean, you get them on pillow, like hotel pillows sometimes, too. Yep. Um, <laughs> no, I just randomly get them on any pillow that I have. It's yeah. like the tooth fairy. But the every tooth fairy? <laughs> every time um, you I'm out of money. Here's chocolate. a chocolate. Like... <laughs> Maybe it's just, like, the fact that it's, like, cold mint. I don't know. Because that is something that you do have to get used to. I mean, it's the same reason that, like, drinking a glass of, like, ice cold water or something after brushing your teeth. It's, like, it's a lot for your mouth. So maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah, there's also a lot of ice cream. Like, if you saw what ice cream looked like when it's melted, that's not dairy, you know? That it's it's dairy-like in a lot of Dairy-esque. Yeah, and so, like, chocolate, where, like, American chocolate is pretty greasy, I'm okay with greasy American it's chocolate. It's mostly air, too, which is weird. It's mostly what? Air. The chocolate's like, mostly air? Chocolate is mostly air here. Like, if you get... Oh, my gosh. Wait, wait, wait. Stop, stop. Wait, hold on. I just remembered. We actually have a timer going, so keep in mind, if we're talking about Andy's mints, this is this is your time to shine. All right. You know? Uh, I did. I did also. I did. By the way, I did get that. Uh, I got some footage up from a while back that was playing. I can put it up again. I seen it. I got. I got it. Like I. I got us pulled up because of course I'm watching us because we're awesome and I hope you all out there are too. And make sure to subscribe. <clears throat> I mean, actually subscribe. Like give us money. No. <laughs> but also, you know, all of our socials, which we'll shout out later. But um, chocolate is mostly air. 
we'll revisit like, this. We'll talk about this when <laughs> when Vilos plays this game tonight. We're we're playing uh what what is it? Leica? Actually, how do you say it, Vilos? Real quick. Leica, I think. Yeah. Leica. Uh, Leica ages Leica through blood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about how uh you know chocolate is most like a air than anything else uh while he plays that. But actually, I do want to talk but about vanilla's that. not. So choose team vanilla. Wow. <laughs> going to plant your flag, you know? And then I got strawberries in flavor. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I guess it exists. It's That's strawberries fine. That's all right. Um, but the sneak peek for Splatoon five, uh, 3. What are my numbers today? Five. <laughs> the sneak peek for Splatoon 3 uh, Splatfest, in which you can earn all of the uh, shell-out conches for the machines and everything and start building up points and, like, reputation for your team, starts um, this Sunday. And you have all week to play until the actual Splatfest, which begins on, I think... Friday night uh, at 7 p.m. Central and then goes until Sunday. Um, that's when it like really, really starts to matter um, when you pick your team and everything. So choose wisely. Um, am I just going to go ahead into my other game then? Uh, I think you should. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so other than that, um, I mentioned this a little earlier when I was talking about Listen Up. I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Stadium recently, um, which is available to us on the Nintendo Switch Online uh, app via the Virtual Console. And, um, oh my gosh, chat is wild right now. Chat, yeah. please. <laughs> I don't, this is what happens when you tell people to ch pick a team. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, I don't even want to read chat out loud. Um, and only people who are watching us live on Thursday nights, uh, twitch.tv slash party invite show. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe! <laughs> um, but Pokemon Stadium has actually been keeping my sanity like in check recently. Um, like I said, I was at, three, uh, at the DMV for three hours. Such a long time. And people that got there before me, or after me, were going before me. And I was just like, I need to something to take up my attention or else I'm going to get mad. Yeah. So um, I opened up the Switch and um, I did not want to connect to the DMV's Wi-Fi because who knows what that's about. So I closed Splatoon 3, which I was playing beforehand. And I opened up Pokemon Stadium just like on a whim. And um, it's really, really different when you can't bring in your own Pokemon. And I don't know if they're going to implement a thing in the future, like some kind of like game pack Bluetooth app thing or something i don't know probably on your phone and it's gonna have the weird voice chat feature um to get your own pokemon in there or you know if any stadium games in the future are gonna have that ability but um you only have access to your rental pokemon on pokemon stadium which used to be like laughable because it'd be like why would i use those <laughs> i have my own pokemon go mewtwo like so going through there and parsing through the catalog of all the rental Pokemon at your disposal, which varies from cup to cup because they have different rules, which allow and disallow different Pokemon, um, depending on the conditions. It's interesting and it's tedious and it's kind of hard because you'll have like a Charmander with Fire Blast and then Charizard will have Ember. Like huh. why? Because yeah. On the rental ones, you're saying? Yeah, on the rental ones. Yeah. I mean, and neither of them have Flamethrower. Which exists, yeah. so it's just like they're very odd. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? Know. Didn't one of them have uh, like fire spin or whatever? The one that you'd never leave on your Pokemon. None of them but... have the optimal move. Period. Man. It's yeah, it's it's really weird, and I wonder if it's some kind of like power balance sort of affair going on. It's just like, well, this Pokemon is a weak first stage, so we should give it the strongest move possible to give it the best fighting chance it has, and then it doesn't matter anyway because when you enter tournaments, they have a um, level like from this level to that level, right? 
So for instance, the Poke Cup is from level 25 to 30. So all of the rental Pokemon are always going to be on the lowest end of that spectrum. But then your opponents, your AI opponents that you'll be facing, they'll start off that way. But then as you get towards the end, they'll have one or two Pokemon that are at the higher end of the spectrum, like at the end there. And so even if you give the rental Pokemon first stage or basic stage Pokemon, those like Fire Blast, Blizzard, Surf moves, it's not going to matter because the Pokemon they're facing are probably going to end up being five levels ahead of them at the end of it all anyway. Um, so it's really interesting to juggle like power versus strategy, um, especially when the Gen 1 mechanics are super broken and waking up takes a turn and being freed from rap takes a turn. And oh, I forgot like, about that. It's the worst in the world. And if you get paralyzed and you get wrapped, it's over. Just run. Just run Forget from the battle. Because like, you can't. <laughs> You can't escape. But the best thing about it is that, first of all, Charizard is weak to ice. <laughs> Loser. And um, abusing the toxic and leech seed mechanics. Because uh, back then, they worked on the same counter. So toxic, for those who don't know, um, is like being poisoned, but it worsens every turn. So it goes from one-fourth to like, oh no, fractions. Um, it goes to like, like... Just say exponentially. Okay, yeah. That. <laughs> I don't think it starts at a one-fourth anyway. That's like way too powerful. It's like from one-sixteenth to one-eighth to one-fourth, etc. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Um, but then Leech Seed is always like one-eighth. But back then, it was on the same counter. So Leech Seed would do its one-eighth thing, and then Toxic would come in and be like one-fourth. Uh, one and then Leech Seed would do its one-eighth thing, and then Toxic would be suddenly one-half. Like it would skip, or it would, you know what I mean. So... Um, it was fun. It's fun to abuse. And Bulbasaur has that com uh, combination, but guess who doesn't? Venusaur. It has <laughs> Stun Spore and like Absorb or something. I don't know. It's so weird. Um, and I find myself using Firo a lot more than I thought I ever would. And it's surprisingly graceful in battle too. Um, like when it's using like Fly, when it dives down from the sky, it does this like really cool pirouette sort of thing. And then like shoulder checks down. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah. Oh, I'm muted. Thank you, chat, for letting me know that I don't know how to stream. Thank you. That's what I get for, like, <laughs> sneezing off stream. Uh, no, Odysseus sent a video in uh, a, a while ago, I think it was him, of, uh, yeah, all the kick moves in Pokemon Stadium. Um, where, yeah, you've got re really cool ones, and then just, like, the wimpiest, most basic, like, wow, look, I bonk with my foot. It's like, man, <laughs> it's like, that was a rental Pokemon. That's what that was, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Just well, some of them um, have rap, really cool, like, and stuns for fainting animations too. I think we talked about that at one point. Um, I can't remember why we were talking about it, but I remember talking about how like uh, Alakazam loses one of its spoons and it like bonks itself on the head, and then like um, Hunchko like tips its hat when it faints. It's like, oh. <laughs> um, and then Jinx when she faints, like her wig just like pops off her head, and like it's oh, it does. <laughs> And she like vanishes and her wig is just like Foop. and then oh, Jigglypuff of course like pops so like replaying this game um, has really rev like revitalized my appreciation for where the stadium games started because we don't have a lot of personality in Pokemon like that anymore in the modern games like when we're because now that they moved from 2D to 3D like the reason that they were so over the top 
lively in Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2, and which it kind of transferred over into Coliseum as well, is because they really wanted to put the personality and the Pokemon when all they were represented by were these little pixel animations, um, which didn't even move, you know, until right. like black and white. So, well, I mean, quote unquote, move until black and white. In Crystal, they had like little animations, but then after that, they were static. Um, but then we moved over to 3D and then everything just got so basic. I don't know how else to put it. Everything just looks so homogenized, I yeah. guess I can say. I wish they would go back to giving the Pokemon that kind of spirit that they used to have in Pokemon Stadium. Uh, uh, it's just, it's it's really different. It's it's almost jarring to see the juxtaposition between the two. I almost want to go and see if there's a compilation that compares Pokemon 3D models then to like now. There's about a thousand of those videos, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean objective videos that ones that are just like oh pokemon sucks now because this that this that they don't use animations <laughs> the blah, internet blah, blah. no no not not on the internet <laughs> i'll have to see I'll, I'll i'll do some homework i'll do some searching on my own uh um, in uh in odysseus's discord he posted well i'm just gonna read this verbatim if that's okay with you odysseus i think you'd be all right with that um this says uh so you know there's a there's a pokemon fan game out there uh, called Infinite Fusions, where you can combine <clears throat> you can combine two Pokemon into one, and artists have created new sprites based on those combos. Here's one of the creepiest ones I think I've seen, and uh, I'll drop uh, I'll get this in chat somehow. But this is a nightmare Pokemon. Um, it is two Pokemon that I don't know of. Uh, I mean, I said maybe it's Tangela and like a Venus Flytrap. Uh, oh, just he said close. That is Tangrowth and Mawile. Mawile. Oh, Mawile. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what Mawile is, and I only know Tangela, but uh, that is some nightmare fuel, and I am interested. I want more. Um, watching watching uh, Odysseus and other people play across Pokemon games that I've never seen before, and seeing, you know, the 3D games, like you said. Uh, seeing Pokemon I've never seen before uh, was fun, but the idea of creators combining, you know, combining Pokemon to create never-before-seen abominations uh man that is just right up my alley i want to see that if that's going to be something that they explore in the future because where do you go from whatever they've done now they have like gigantification they have like terrestrialation now with the gems like turning the jewels and stuff so like what what do you do they've already explored fusion before with like sun and moon with uh, or ultra sun and ultra moon where necrozma fuses with like solgaleo and lunala um even in black and white too uh, they had Kyurem with white and black Kyurem with uh, Reshiram and Zekrom. So I don't know. Fusion could be on the horizon, maybe. I don't know. But we had like three years, at least three years to think about it because it seems like a new main, mainline generation comes out every three years. Pretty sure. So we'll see. All right. Well, that's Pokemon Stadium. Uh, Pokemon Stadium and Splatoon 2. Three. See? Three? <laughs> Actually, which one is it? Now I can't remember. It it's, is three? it's three. It's three. It's three. Oh my gosh, that is chaos. Well, I'm Team Chaos, wherever that is. Uh, Boo. You know, used to be a Team Order. Now I'm Team Chaos. Uh, okay, well, uh, Sav, thank you for that. Um, everybody, all, I haven't mentioned this in a while. Go follow Sav on uh, twitch.tv slash Sovereign Sid uh, for more shenanigans like that. Um, let's see. Vilas, let's hop over to you. Sure, sure. Let's... Uh... Let's go ahead and do the Final Fantasy 16 uh, real quick. Yep, uh, and then Final Fantasy, uh, uh, another one is going to be the, the one to talk about more. Uh, so Final Fantasy 16, 
I I meant to play it over the weekend, but I didn't really. Uh, I actually got a lot more time in it the last couple days. So, I mean, everybody's talking about it on the internet. Uh, the thing to to know, and I I mentioned it last week, I think, is that it's it's just Game of Thrones uh, with nice combat. Um, there's not a, a whole lot to this game, which is a little bit surprising. Oh, um, Sob's uh, Hawaiian bros got here. <laughs> They thought they could right. get away, sneak away. <laughs> and so, like, I'm really enjoying Final Fantasy 16. Uh, it's it's just a little funny how it works because it just doesn't feel like an RPG anymore, uh, which a lot of people are dragging it for that. But there's no reason to drag it. Uh, it's totally uh, a really good time. The characterization is fantastic. Uh, Kotaku, I think, has written like freaking three articles on on the character of Sid who is a character that's in every Final Fantasy, but um, this time, uh, and forgive me for not remembering his name, uh, but the guy that had the stupidly gravelly voice in Game of Thrones that also was in uh, The Green Knight, if you're familiar with that film, uh, he plays Sid, and he steals the show because this dude has one of the gruffest voices of all time, and like the character is is the, the old but not necessarily gruff like stupid handsome character um that is your your uh he's basically the the person that's that's going to be your uh your veteran presence you know your uh inspiration throughout the the whole story and uh his his characterization is great the i i think i'm 5 hours into the game or so and we're already connecting uh Sid's plot points like his characterization with the first big bad that you know of, and her name is Benedicta. And if you want to play that particular video uh, that I had, uh, Ralph Einstein is his name, the actor. Man, I could not, I was there looking all over. I could not there find it. Uh, Odysseus, I believe you are correct. Uh, I, I think he. Oh, wait, I need to play this. I don't game. remember if he does do that. But uh, Benedicta, uh, I am a fan for some reason, but no, this... And uh, you're not Sid... her only fan. <laughs> yeah. So, as you can see, Sid uh, and Benedicta, they actually have a thing. Uh, it's very deep, and like I said, every plot point in this game is just Game of Thrones. It is so, like, filled with tragedy, and filled with, like, every line is just so much emotion, and, like, the, the close-up shot of Benedicta powering up is just... Ugh! It's about to go like, Super Saiyan. Yeah, it gives you it's it doesn't feel anime anymore, and that's kind of an Does, awesome it thing. It looks like anime. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Listen. the combat system, and I haven't actually seen it in action until just recently. So when people were talking about, yeah. oh yeah, the combat's yeah. like super real time action, I was like, oh okay, so it's like you know that's cool. But no, you mean like character fighter bayonetta DMC <laughs> freaking real time action? Like yeah. it's so cool looking. Yeah, and oh, it's she, yeah, it's absolutely right gorgeous. We're just gonna freeze on that. <laughs> Yeah, but that that there feels like it could be in Game of Thrones still because, okay, yes, there's technical anime moments, but it's in the Final Fantasy mythos. Like it's it's not specifically anime; it's very specifically Final Fantasy. If you're familiar with the summons over the years, you know um, these main characters ha are uh, a lot of them are dominants, or they've got like fifteen fucking names for the magic users in this game. I'm not even kidding. Um, so everybody... Like, that... like magic users like 
you're a magician. You're a pyromancer. Is that what you yeah, mean? Yeah, ex- except not in different types. They're actually they're called dominance. Uh, they're I'm I literally am just forgetting what they call them. And fourteen they, others we don't remember. <laughs> they they have like three names because they're uh, some of them are um, marked, which is not quite the name. It's very close to the name. Some of them are marked because some people like come into the world as slaves, um, like just depending on on their stature in the world uh, when they're born. Obviously, you know the whole lords and ladies stuff. It's very convoluted in a good way, um, but the magic users have this particular power play over um, over like how the the kingdoms are ruled, but the magic users are still pawns because the people actually in power are doing all these things uh, to, to work against them. It's, it's wildly complex and compelling and I cannot wait to, to hear more about the story. Uh, like I got 40 more hours in it easily. Um, if you want to play the and other just video, the demo. And just the demo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. please insert you, disc three. Yeah. If you want to play the other video, it is gotcha. what all of you need. Uh, you all needed to to see this Hell and yeah. hear it if the if the audio's on. Oh oh uh, yeah, let me uh, let me get that for you. Hold on, actually, I gotta. This is Torgal, and he is your dire wolf. And you're totally not Jon Snow, but yes, you are. You're totally Jon Snow, and you have a dire wolf. I was gonna say, oh, so you're a... um... oh, mm. <laughs> I can't say what I was gonna say now because that would be a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Torgal here is best boy in the. Uh, in the early game, you see him as a pup, and he's oh my god, he's the cutest, he's the cutest thing ever. But uh, there's like five or six different canned animations uh, for whenever you want to pet him. You can literally pet him anytime he's on screen, and it is the best. In the middle uh, of battle, who's a good boy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! And you do get an achievement for doing it five times. I don't know if there's an or a trophy. I don't know if you get a trophy for doing it more than that. But I've I've definitely petted him at least fifteen times by now. At least fifteen uh, times. <laughs> Uh, like I can't get the sound to work the way I wanted to on the fly, but by the, trust me, by the end of the stream, we're gonna we're gonna have it up. Good, 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 good. Uh, but yeah, th- this game's so great, and and Torgal jumping into fray with you, he's actually with you in battle all the time. He will come in clutch uh, many, many times, and he's particularly good against certain enemies, like uh, plant enemies and other wolves and stuff. So, yeah, I cannot wait to talk more about this game and get through more of the story. Uh, maybe if if other people are playing Final Fantasy 16, maybe we could have a, a little spoiler chat in Discord sometime. So, uh, let me know if you're playing it. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, I will I will move on to uh, the other one if you want me to. Uh, sure. um, I just have one remark. Um, about you said the slave thing. Black yeah. Twitter has actually been blowing up over Final Fantasy 16 because they were like, I understand why there are like no black people in this game. <laughs> because yeah. the repercussions of, you know, talking about that. And yeah, and yeah. I can't wait to get to certain parts of the story that explain more of that because, uh, yeah, like they actually have people that are in royal-ish positions or, or royal uh royal adjacent royalty adjacent positions that end up slaves so it's like what is going on here uh it's it's really fascinating though um can't wait to hear more about it uh even though there's there's got to be probably like 30 more hours just in cutscenes can't wait (laughs) (laughs) but uh in the middle of you know 
not playing Final Fantasy 16. The other day I got on Discord uh, with Jerp and I just I just played Final Fantasy 1, the Pixel Remaster, for an ungodly amount of time because yeah, it's one did. of those games. Like I it's, that. it's a it's a very old game. It's as old as I am, and uh, <laughs> old. <laughs> and it has no sense of direction at all. It does not tell you what to do in the slightest because of how old it is. Um, thankfully, uh, there were some uh, quality of life improvements here in the Pixel Remaster that make it a lot easier because it's so repetitive. Uh, the yeah, game is in entirely random encounters. Oh, it is? It's, yeah, just, just constant, dude. Literally, you know, the... I kind of miss that about Final Fantasy because it's just like it was frustrating, but in time, like that's what made it Final Fantasy to me. You know, mm-hmm. it's like going through Mount Moon and Pokemon Red and Blue. It's like your first step in there. Oh, a Zubat! Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I actually really liked it because you never knew when the next encounter was coming, and so it always had you like on edge and trying to like manage your resources throughout a whole dungeon. Added like a layer of strategy to the game that I like really enjoyed. Yeah, even, yes like, and no. Walking through the grass and Pokemon. You know, it's like, I get why people would prefer to be able to see the Pokemon to approach them. Mm-hmm. But there's, like you said, that tension of like, okay, I'm going into the wilderness area, you know, what <laughs> what is there to expect? What's the, what's the toughest thing you ran into uh, in one of those random encounters? But see, the thing is, Final Fantasy 1, if you haven't played it, is Zubat Cave times 3. Stop. Oh, I played three. Yeah, you don't like, tell me that. <laughs> like uh, Zutrio. It happens so constantly. Like the best I think that I could get away with was like fifteen seconds before the next fight happened. <laughs> and so you're That's just light. What are you talking about? That's light. Like, no, fifteen seconds was the best time that I got. Like Oh okay. I, I was I was like going block by block technically, like just walking and not like pressing anything weird just to see what would happen. Uh, because you never know, like, I don't, I think there's technically a system that it, it does run by, um, so, like, if you literally just tap the button to, to run, I think it actually does make the next encounter faster, but anyway. They did that in black and white, uh, yeah. Pokemon. I thought that was so interesting. Yeah, and so, um, like, I just grinded levels so hard the other day, and, um, I look, I had to look up one thing to figure out where the hell I was supposed to go, Ooh, and once I... <laughs> and once I did that, uh, it literally opened up the world to me um, because it was just one thing that I was lacking uh, that I needed to absolutely uh, pinpoint. Once I did that, it was smooth sailing. I was able to go to like six story beats in that like five or six hour time span uh, that I was playing. And like, I'm pretty well halfway through the game now. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, I've got like, Three, two or three crystals uh, to get, so that's uh, two or three main bosses, and like a couple of mini bosses probably to go. But it's just, it's super fun. It's technically laid back, even though there's it's nothing but random encounters. But that's the best uh, kind of laid back. Technically <laughs> laid back. <laughs> uh, but in that time, I made like over a hundred thousand gil just with random encounters constantly. So I was sitting there just waiting to stock up at the next town. Uh, on potions and, and Phoenix Downs and stuff. Um, it, it's nice to to not have uh, convoluted uh, 
other things in the in the game style. It's it's just battling and talking to a few people. That's it. You know, and obviously I'm used to 100 150 hour uh, Xenoblade games that have a, a whole lot more everything. So uh, it's nice to have this as a as a backup RPG to play through, and uh, it is one of the games that was on my RPG list for the year. So hopefully, I'm done with it uh, in the next couple of days, maybe. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vilas, how do you name your characters? It seemed like you put a lot of time into that. Uh, uh, yeah, BB, Bay, Bully, Boy, Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely I went I started with Broly and then I was just like you know what let's make it stupid and uh, I did so um, that, that was honestly it was like a an old Fire Emblem thing I I would do with my the main character that you uh, have to name so yeah that that's one of the other fun things about uh, about Final Fantasy one is you can customize your party to begin with and uh, theoretically you can have multiples of the um, different character types but like this is this is the prime team is these four characters that you see on Mm -hmm. screen so if you haven't played the original final fantasy just just do it pixel remaster is the best way to play it um and i I recently got the physical copy as well but i'm playing it uh, on steam just so i can capture stuff a a lot better uh, than i can on the switch but it's just such a good time and it's so funny to to play two games that are more than 15 it's like 25 installments technically between each other and you know oh, 30 geez. plus years almost yeah. 40 years apart so it's are you counting like spin-off games like tactics and crystal yeah Chronicles? Okay. <laughs> yeah it's just really really thematically fun to do oh uh well hell yeah i'm happy for you buddy <laughs> so <laughs> did you you mentioned i think you mentioned uh like fast forwarding the game to to just like see what the to see what the variability in the encounters was like. Am I mixing stuff up? Uh, yeah, you can you can actually uh, just hold a button down and it it automatically attacks or it automatically goes to the battle for you. So you don't if you want to, you don't even have to play the game really. Oh. Um, that's one of the quality of life improvements. And every once in a while, I'll do that um, because it, it's so slow. It's so slow. <laughs> I will say, while I do, while I do like the random encounter mechanic, I don't like that you don't know what it is until you see yeah. it. And so, like in that light, I think that like Tales of Symphonia and similar games have handled random encounters really well because you get to see what kind of thing you're about to face because it's like an amorphous blob, depending on if it's a monster or like a human enemy. Yeah, yeah. But then you don't know what particular specific enemy that is until you encounter them. So it's just like, yeah. oh, I don't have, I'm not the like well equipped to fight. A monster but i can fight a human so i can go choose the human fight and it's still a random encounter but right. it's just one you can plan better for <laughs> yeah in, like in here you'll get you'll get a, a shark and an eye monster and then the next battle will be nine mermen like <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's going on here uh yeah it's it's really funny how everything works in that game it's it's except i will say like it does hold up com- comparatively like i play the very first uh the first fire emblem the uh, on the Switch, the NES, uh, Shadow Dragon, and the Binding Blade, blah, blah, blah. That is officially the slowest game uh, that I've played. And I will beat it at one point in my life. Oh, but it's, why? Why? Ac- is it according fun? According to... No. 
<laughs> according oh God, to how long to beat, like according to how long to beat, I think it says like fifty hours. Um, but it's literally the slowest NES game of all time, and yeah, just well, you know, uh, this this is much better, and it's I think it's technically like two years older than that game. I'm pretty sure it's two years older. But yeah, oh my that's God. that's my my Final Fantasy experience is all I'm doing this week. Well, I'm happy for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and thank you, Odysseus, for, uh, for mod and chat here. Uh, let's see. All I have to talk about this week, I have this, I played the same exact things as last week. I don't really have anything crazy to report. Uh, I just want to, I want to show you guys, I have a couple pictures of, uh, this, uh, dungeon, darkest dungeon, um, run that I, that I failed. I, I ended up dying on this run, but I went to the, uh, so I've been the game once. Um, I think last time we talked, I was about to beat the game. I, I was confident that I was going to beat the boss. I did. It was great. Um, I have uh, a really solid team in, in the first run through Darkest Dungeon, this spooky Lovecraftian roguelike that I love so much. Um, you you go through two areas, um, and then you fight the final boss. You fight, you know, whatever the final boss is. And uh, if you beat them, you unlock the next chapter of the game. So I've unlocked the next chapter of the game, which uh, unlocks two of the new, two new areas. Um, so I now have a total of four gross, disgusting, horrifying areas to, to go slay enemies in. Um, and so in this one, on my first attempt on the new chapter, I uh, went into the, the Fetter, I think it's called. I've only seen it written. F-O-E-T-E-R. I don't know how else to say it, uh, but it is straight yuckers, my friends, to take a, to take a word out of Chris's book. Um, it is like the plague fields. They're all of these farmlands that are just completely plague ridden. And all the enemies that you fight are like gross farmer plantation looking people. Just like, like real life. Oh, man. Just like real life. Uh, I got to see that the famous enemies that I think are the grossest ones that I've seen so far in, in Dark Ascension 2 that are the, uh, the goats. Uh, I wish I had a screenshot to show you of this. They're the goats that are like, everything's infected with tentacle stuff. It's all really nasty and they all have blight and a lot of their attacks, they'll like spit on you or throw a, a bucket of, of like putrid, whatever on you. And it's why all very journey again. Uh, like in the story, like why? Why are they leaving the safety and comfort of a, a nice village to subject themselves to this? Uh, well, funny you should ask. So um, each of the characters that you use, that you play as, all has some horrible backstory of why they're either pursuing death or uh, they're just intentionally being reckless to like forget their past and all this. Like Every single character has done something horrible. Um and so, like, in in this uh, case, so my strongest and most favorite character in the game so far is the Hellion, the axe-wielding barbarian type, uh, or halberd-wielding. Uh, she's super badass, and I've put all the points I can in her. She's as leveled up as I can get her uh, right now, because in between runs, you spend your candle currency to, to permanently improve uh, your characters. So she's the one I've improved the most. Uh, well, I went into the Plague Lands. I got barfed on by all these tentacle goats, uh, you know, because it's Lovecraft, so no one ever I mean, has it's a good somebody's king, so yeah. Uh, I was yeah. going to say, we're not kingshipping around here. So, uh, yeah, I got just 
demolished. Um, I got the floor mopped with me. Um, I had one character take fatal damage way earlier than I expected, and I just never recovered. So uh, you can't end a run and like take your ball and go home until you finish the area. And I knew that was going to happen. So I spent every bit of currency I had to soup up this one character. So I gave her everything I could. We went into the final boss encounter of this region of this terrible area and i fought these cultists these cultists are strong they're uh you know they just do a bunch of stuff it's a fun fight uh you do a, you do this pretty much the same fight at the end of every area they just get stronger uh but uh she went in all by herself and she killed two out of the four cultists which is like incredible because she had zero health because you hit zero health and then every time you're hit at zero you have a chance to die she was at zero health many 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 times in that fight uh but she lasted like i don't I, actually i've got the other screenshot here i uh she lasted uh 15 rounds holy cow so Damn. uh yeah so she is a super badass this is uh the screenshot i took right before um she took her her killing blow but sav you asked uh just taking a moment before disaster <laughs> exactly you asked uh, why would they leave the the safety and comfort of their uh, peaceful village, uh, and this one that you barely have a peaceful village like in the in the first game, um, but when you unlock everybody's lore, you get to figure out why they are, you know, on the uh, in your expedition. And so her whole thing is that uh, she is this, you know, she she's basically an Amazon warrior. She is a part of a clan that's all about being the strongest. And uh, on the night before a huge battle. Uh, she went and partied with her whole tribe, but she partied way too hard. She went and wandered into the woods and fell asleep underneath a tree. Well, as you do, as you do. Uh, well, she woke up and all of her comrades were dead around her. She slept through the battle, and everybody died. And she's guilt-ridden because she couldn't fight in combat. And now, like she, there's, as she tried to go back to get back into the tribe to be like, hey, let me atone for my sins. And they exiled her, which is about the worst thing that could have happened to her. So now uh, she's just on a mission to find glory and death. And so when my when your characters get, uh, have a final blow dealt to them, the narrator actually says a specific thing based on who it is. And so, uh, you know, going 15 rounds, which is a huge number of rounds for anyone who's ever seen this game, most fights go like seven rounds max. I'd say between three to seven rounds is a normal combat. So on round 15, um, she finally was dealt the killing blow. And what the narrator says, he says, uh, she seeked uh, a glorious death in battle and she found it, you know, and it felt good. Cause I was like, you know what, this, this character just kicked as much butt as I've ever kicked in this game. Um, she had everything going for her. It was just a lot of fun. Even though I knew I was going to die, it was, it was really satisfying knowing like having the the knowledge base uh, that I could find some victory in it. Because this, like so many roguelikes, is a game all about building up your player knowledge, not just your character strength. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I just really had a good time playing that. Um, I'm excited to install my new video card because my computer really doesn't like this game. Otherwise, I would have streamed it already. I can barely even play it <laughs> because uh, it is very much a when my computer will crash, not an if. So, uh I am really enjoying this game right now. The more I play it, the more I like. I still say that there are some design choices I don't love, like the fact that when you run around on your carriage, you're trying to hit every obstacle. 
Why would you ever want to run over every obstacle? I don't know. So I don't understand that. But um, the game is very fun. And that's what's the most important. And it's, you know, <laughs> Vilas, I can't believe you're maybe going to beat a 50-hour game that's not even fun. You're crazy. Man. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. But, uh, you know, different strokes for different folks, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but uh, loving Darkest Dungeon. You're going to see more of that on stream. Um, Bleak Sword, I thought I was going to beat this week. I didn't. So um, I'm going to grind off stream. That, I, I quoted, I think I said something about that game being easier than it looks. That was false. Uh, it wasn't a lie. It was just incorrect because I hadn't played long enough to get to the really hard part. So I didn't get to see what level did you end on, though? Uh, my character is level 27, and I'm on area 11 somewhere. Maybe 3, maybe 8, it's one of those. But boy, the game is hard, man. <laughs> it is hard. Uh, and... Well, it's called Bleak Sword, not Weak Sword. So. Well, at the beginning, it felt, it felt a little like Weak Sword. At the beginning, death didn't really have any consequence. And now, when I lost my items, which before I was like, losing your items is not even, not even a problem. Now, when I lose my items, I am at a big disadvantage. So I'm actually going to try to grind off stream a little bit uh, so that when I come back two weeks, two Mondays from now, um, I think I can beat it. Because the end is in sight, but wow. I mean, it didn't. the difficulty didn't just ramp up. It is nearly exponential, it feels. Like, near the end, it is, it is really hard uh, to balance, like, fighting five enemies at once when like your parry ability, you know, you you parry somebody, you block right at the right time, and then you get two big fast swings in. You don't have invincibility frames during that moment. So if I counter attack when I shouldn't, like if I'm just button mashing and I'm like, haha, counter attack, perfect, that usually gets me killed. And earlier on in the game, it's not a problem at all. Uh, I didn't think I was gonna have to learn to do better, uh, but here I am. So. <laughs> We'll be... I didn't think I had to improve. I didn't think I needed to. The game was so easy. I didn't think Although, I was going to have to... Your privilege is showing. I know. I, know. I do think it'll be easier for you than Spelunky 2 was, though. Like, oh, I don't think you'll have to do that many... I would definitely so. agree. I mean, the biggest part there is, like, when you want to beat Spelunky, you have to start over every time. This game, you still don't have to start over. You are set back, but even when you lose your when I lose my items, if I was a good enough player, I could still beat it. I guess you could say the same thing about Spelunky, but the fact that you don't lose your map progress, like your actual progression in the game, uh, that that goes a long way to feeling like you're still moving forward. Um, so the fact that I have the choice to go back and grind, because I didn't even realize that grinding was an option, because I didn't realize I could go back and replay stuff. I hadn't really thought about it very hard. But the fact that I can go back and replay stuff, um, maybe find some of the enemies that I struggle with, and uh, figure out where they first showed up in the game and just go beat the crap out of them. Uh, you know? Uh, yes, catharsis. Yeah, hopefully, like, leveling up takes a really long time now. I'm wondering if the max player level is, like, 30. Um, or if there even is a max level, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to do that, and we will actually beat the game on our fifth sec uh, session. I thought I was going to beat it in four easily. I <laughs> My hubris told me that uh, we were going to beat it in three because we were kicking butt so hard but boy that sure didn't happen i don't know why i this ever said it was different but in yeah. a bad way <laughs> <laughs> so those are fun uh but yeah because i'll be out of town uh no no monday night stream next week hopefully i'm back in two weeks but that's only if my video card is installed in time so we'll see um great okay well that's uh that's what we've been playing 
Um, let's see. Let's take a let's take a short little break here, if that's all right with you guys. Tonight, uh, we've got a party topic that is all about the digital only future. Uh, so sorry if I'm too loud. Um, that's Sounds just where I'm going with it right now. So, uh, the digital only future is kind of a thing that's really um, in conversation with gamers right now because a lot of big developers are bringing their digital only plans to fruition in a lot of different ways. So like we have the uh, Microsoft Activision trial going on right now. That's just upending so many things and uh, throwing out so many truths directly from the mouths of corporate Activision and Microsoft just being like, this is, this is the way. And, and Sony as well, like the big companies just telling us what their plans have been this whole time. A lot of truths coming out and uh, a lot of with all these announcements that have been uh, showing up, we're also getting uh, very, very in-depth information on so many games like uh, the Alan Wake 2 is uh, coming out only digitally. There will not be a physical period. Uh, we got news that uh, Starfield, we had some confusion. Starfield, uh, the Constellation Edition is a digital, uh, digital specific, uh, but there is going to be a physical. There was huge debate, huge conversation. There were uh, there were fights over. I think it was like Brazilian. Uh, Bethesda's Brazilian team or something like that, the social media team that was talking to, uh, talking on Twitter in a support thread. They're like, oh yeah, the the game will uh, will, I think they said that it was only digital in all versions or something like that, and it just lit Twitter fire. But suffice to say, the conversation is real. The conversation is uh, constant. But right now, we're looking at a future that actually is becoming digital only and you know you know that we we collect a lot of stuff i collect a lot of stuff specifically yeah you do collect uh, a lot so... of stuff i uh well i i can never show you what my room <laughs> looks like i've been living in this place for a while and i have picture frames leaning against the wall never even hung them up if i ever collected something it would just be stuck in a box in my closet because i'd forget to set it out <laughs> um so we we kind of represent both sides of this right like you, you two yeah. both love your physical stuff, not just like the physical disc, but you like the collector's editions of things. You like, you know, to be able to show the stuff off, you know, behind you, Sav, especially uh, by this, you love to be able to touch, you know, a bunch of the memorabilia that you get with your collector's <laughs> edition. Oh, that's a good shot. <laughs> that's a good shot, Sav. Um, yeah. And then I'm on the other side of this where I'm like, I'm an outsider to this world. Um, so when this, you know, I, I think, um, to me, you two are in the minority of most of the gamers I've ever known personally, where most of the people I know personally, they might see a, like a, you know, an Overwatch statue that's really cool, but that would be the only thing they would buy or some cool sort, you know, um, but you guys are like all out in it. So then when I see, um, companies making moves to move towards digital only to me, not really that big a deal and games preservation is its own like conversation uh as well i mean uh yeah. actually as an aside by uh you, we had talked all three of us had talked about how the cycle frontier is going offline permanently um in september or something which is a shame that's it's a shame that uh 
-hmm. it's not going to work out. The game's going away because there were too many cheaters. But the the disappointing part about this is it's an online only game, and when that when the servers go offline, it's gone. There's no games preservation there. There's no way to possibly play the game anymore. And so, uh, you know, with the physical stuff that you've talked about, it's not just about having a cool collector's thing. It's like, yeah. hey, what does this actually mean, you know, for the future? Uh, so, like, what are some uh, what are some examples? You're always in the know of this stuff. Um, you're a resident. Uh, not just re uh, antiquarian. I think that's what I called you once upon a time. That's a classic. I hate it, but okay. I darkest dungeon. <laughs> oh no! Come on. You, you like your baubles, and you know if I have a question, you're the guy I'm always going to go hey, to. But I'm not sitting here collecting pops. Okay, I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't have any figures, unless you count the Samus Emmy double pack amiibo. That's the only thing I have. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Two full boxes full of amiibos <laughs> in my closet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, there, I mean, that's that's the thing is that, uh, you know, especially with the Switch, it's the collecting has exploded hardcore, and I'm not necessarily collecting. I will say that my thing is particularly I want a very specific number of things uh, to to keep forever, and it's not it's not a you know I need what is it? I think it's uh, JP Switch Mania, if you know him on Twitter, he's got like 4,000 something Switch games, and obviously like half of those are crap, right? Was he the guy that you oh. mentioned who bought every <laughs> single game from like the PSP library or something? The N64 library. Yeah, is that that person who did that? I, I don't think he's the same person, no. I think that's oh, a different okay. one. But JP Switch Mania, he literally like, he changed uh, he bought a new house and his entire basement and we're talking like a good 40 by 40 by 20 or so basement is just wall to wall switch. He needs a collector's edition uh, storage unit. <laughs> yeah. It's wall to wall switch. And he's got like, I think he had like 15 and 64s in box. It, it's a stupid collection, but if you're ever interested, JP switch mania is, is he single? Like, no, but you also know <laughs> you don't want to. <laughs> but, oh no! <laughs> uh, that, there, that's another point. Um, but yeah, for for me, it's it's very specific titles, and there's there's an artistic lean to it. Um, maybe not when I got a House of the Dead remake, but you know, it's sorry. Remarkable. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we collect for very various reasons, but. Um, these companies are doing very specific things and in the long run and in general, I agree with it because, you know, I'm all about recycling and, and not destroying this planet faster. Hey, that's um, cool. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's, that's not always the reasons why these companies are doing it. So uh, to, to get it a little bit more specific with some of these um, Nintendo, uh, Nintendo is bringing out some of their uh, re-releases on digital first. So they're like, number one, we want to make money. So they they brought back Pikmin one and two, which just released a, a couple days ago. Um, oh, really? And yeah, uh, so they hey, released people digitally. Talk about this. Pikmin's cool. Are people having a good time. <laughs> is that is cool. a virtual console or like digital purchase? No, it's digital purchase. It's straight up. You didn't wow. know? Oh, no, no, I thought it was. I thought this was like the the <laughs> no. What's it called? The tailgate ship. What's it called? <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to say. Where, where it's like it's like they're uh, leading they're leading the charge on this new thing, the 
Oh gosh, what is it? Anyway, the the debut titles for like a VC for oh, GameCube. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, no. Flagship, I got there. there you okay, go. okay. <laughs> that was completely off what I thought it was. Yeah, but no, I they, wouldn't have guessed that, there. but that's, <laughs> I get that. That's that's not what they did. So they just released Pikmin 1 and 2 uh, digitally, um, and it's more expensive than the physical. <laughs> I mean, it's in a okay. That's typical. Right, but the physical is also not going to release for another three months. Uh, with Metroid Prime Remastered, they released it digitally, and then it was available, I think it was the week after, um, on physical. And we saw how that went. Uh, it was out of stock fucking everywhere. Uh, for the longest time, it took me, I think, three weeks, maybe even four weeks to get it. Uh, and that was by stalking Target 24-7. Um, that was the only way to, to get it for me. And, and so uh, Nintendo's doing it in, in very corporate, businessy ways. They are I mean, doing like it. Like the same thing was like that. true of Mega Man 2, right? Because yeah, I don't think, I, I still can't find yeah. Mega Man physically. Yeah, it's just gotten in stock, by the way. It's it's just back in stock. Um, I think Target still doesn't have it, but Best Buy has had it the past week or so. Well, I guess I'm going to NFM tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think even Costco might have it just for those those people looking for the deals. Um, but yeah, Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection, the Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster that took two and a half months for me to get. Um, and that's because Square is just as bad as Nintendo on this bullshit. <laughs> um, and these these companies are doing this because they do want the digital future to come faster uh, or sooner than later, right? Um, and it does actually cost them more money to make physical copies. And we have seen that kind of stuff happen in the limited uh, the limited edition games uh, side of things that I talk about constantly. Uh, Special Reserve Games has that devolver money, and they're getting shit on by a lot of other corporate greed things like special reserve games is getting screwed by uh, other retailers being like hey uh we want this guys let me let me give devolver some extra money and and do the same thing except i can make more retail Uh, copies and yeah so special reserve games lost a lot on cult of lamb uh death store and trek to yomi all getting physical releases on switch dang uh and inscription might as well very soon by the way oh no (laughs) um and and so like these these limited companies are are getting hit by it at the same time so um it's it's a little (laughs) anti-consumer which we're kind of used to in video games but uh at the end of the day we do still have to vote with our wallets so like where do you sit on it um you know, yeah, I, you, I kind of write and wondering, figuring out where you sit on it is a good question because you can only sit on something when it's physical. You can't sit on something <laughs> digital, you know. Damn it! Sob's you right though. She, she's like, I, you <laughs> had me in the first half. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was it? Uh, so I dropped a, a link to one of the um, Discord posts that you started, Vilos, that uh, was talking oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah. Alan Wake, and I'm actually trying to to read through this here as you're as you're talking. But uh, there was, um, is it the Starfield release that um, in the collector's edition, it's the collector's Mm -hmm. edition of something that you're going to get all these bits and pieces and you're going to get a piece of metal that has the code engraved on it and you have to take, is that Starfield? 
Yes, and Chrome can uh, admit to that as well. The It's the Constellation Edition, the one that comes with the sweet-ass watch. Uh, it actually is a really cool thing for physical collectors, too. Yeah. But the fact is still that you don't have the game oh, physically. Oh, okay. Um, that's the collector's uh, the edition that Radical was talking about um, at the, the birthday celebration that we just went to. Um, he was talking about how it's a real cool functioning watch, unlike oh, the yeah. Pip-Boy Fallout anniversary, big old yeah. hunk of plastic that sits there and does nothing and you have to yeah, download the app on your phone. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's really cool. They're like, yeah. well, everyone has an identical phone that fits into this, right? <laughs> and they'll probably never change. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're giving a, a still book Still, which is funny, uh, which I love steelbooks. Don't get me wrong, but they, they're giving you a steelbook and then they're giving you a little dongly looking thing that has the code printed on it, which is technically cool because it's a unique code that's printed on it. But it still rubs people the wrong way. Well, it is especially wrong. I mean, those of us that yeah, have a, the irony, a PS5 right? disc, uh, you know, the disc disc version of a system, uh, an Xbox Series X versus the Series S, like. My investment was here or here, you know. Why? Why would when I have the disc version of a console, why would I get a digital only? You know, it, it's, well, it's like a it's like a physical digital, you know, ice cream swirl. You got the physical <laughs> collection, and then you got digital game, right? Mm-hmm. And a, yeah, and I mean, a little bit of uh, yeah. mint ice cream, mint chocolate in there too. You know. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad you're coming to town, Tegan. I'm vetoing it. Call back, call back. But at the same time, like I, I technically, I think I do have more digital titles on, even just on my Switch, than I do physical. Um, just because I, I, I'm one of those people that want to experience more and more. Um, so I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not ever against digital titles, especially if I can get half of these games you know at, at the right time for like two dollars i think right. i got greased for for four dollars when uh like three months after it came out something like that you know you, um, you mentioned what franchise did this but there was like a it was like i think it was a capcom sale that had like all certain like all of a franchise's games collection yeah. of across the, its entire existence yeah for like five dollars <laughs> I think it was either Capcom or Sega that did it. I can't remember which one. I mean, one. if it was Capcom, it might have been Mega Man. I mean, I think I remember a while ago. I could be totally I mean, wrong about Sega's this. done a ton too. Yeah. But they, they're like, hey, here's the collection. They're like 10 games in here, you know? Um, That's outrageous. It's awesome. Um, you, there's there's a, a Twitter account called, I think it's Cheap Ass Gamer. Mm-hmm. Um, a wonderful They Twitter post account. about deals like that like all the time. So if you are one of those, like, you know, deal hunters that are looking for digital titles like that and, you know, like really awful shovelware that goes on sale like all the time um i would suggest following them on social media because they literally do not stop tweeting about the deals you can get yeah uh cheap ass gamer is a good one wario where no wario 64 wario 64 yeah uh i didn't even use twitter but both of those accounts are great because all of the, all the information that they feed is is uh you know trickles down it's the only time the trickle down ever works uh so it's it's really interesting that uh, like violus you mentioned inscription might get a physical release right for me there's this tricky thing where uh, when I like a game enough, I tend to buy it more than once. Not always on purpose. Sometimes the second copy is not even for me. So like Inscription, um, I I think I bought for somebody. I know there's someone else I want to buy it for because I like it enough that I want them to play it, right? But uh, the fact that I would only, if I bought a second copy of a game, if I was able to buy a physical version, then then great. Like, let's say I played Inscription, I loved it, and then later, after I've beaten it, I want to go get the physical version. Great. 
now I can do that. But if I know that I will love a game, let's say that I somehow knew I was going to love Inscription as much as I wanted, I could not get a, a physical copy day one. And most of the time, whether it's things that you've bought or just things that you specifically have talked about, you can't get those the physical copy until months, like three to six months later after the release is out. And so if you love this game and you know you want the physical version because you know you want the you want to touch it, right? You you want to be able to give it to your friend. You want to physically hand it to somebody if you want them to play it, for example. Um, the fact that you can't get those day one is really tough for me because I know that in our in our digital in our gaming landscape now. Uh, your pre-order bonus, one of the biggest ones now, is you get to play early. So Diablo, you pay for the, you know, $100 version, Diablo 4, and you get to play four days early. And for people who want that, great. I don't really have a problem with the play early uh, business model. I think it's actually pretty smart. I think it's a cool way for them to get the thing out in the wild and kind of test it a little bit more before normies like me play their games. But the fact that the... the, the, the I don't know, the juxtaposition of like, oh, I love this game and I want it, but oh, I can only get the physical version, which I would only buy because I'm a super fan, right? As a super fan, I can only get it three months after release. That's complicated. Uh, it's just difficult for me to like want to even keep up super well with like even uh, limited reserve games to see what they have, knowing that I would have to get two copies of a game and the second one would come in way later. You know, I mean, that's how it was with me with uh, Double Dragon Neon, because I love that game and I fell in love with it the instant I played it. And um, I think it was actually Vilos who turned me on to the fact that Limited Run had um, a physical edition for it. I mean, you can see it back there. Uh, oh, no, you can't because it's not lit up very well, but that's a, it's, it's in that whole cubby right there. Um, but it finally arrived um, right when I moved into this new apartment. And I even though I had to wait it's like so long for it. So long. Um, actually, it was beforehand. I found out that it was just locked up in a box somewhere um, before we had, like, after we had packed for the move. Um, but let me see if I can. Eh. Yeah. So there it is over there. Um, but it's like what you said, Tegan. It's like, I love that game so much and I wanted it to have it physically, but I had to wait for so long to be able to, like, enjoy it, like, in, in that, in that physical medium. Um, and it's going to be that way for me for... Uh, what's it called? Crash Team Rumble too, because it's I think it's digital only right now because it can't you can't get it on like the Xbox Game Pass for the PC or anything like that. So I'm gonna have to wait forever to play that because I'm I'm not turning on my PS4. I'm just not. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I think the Constellation Edition of Starfield uh, is supposedly uh, you can play up to four days early, but that means that they're shipping at least four days early. So I don't know how they're actually gonna do that because. None of the recent games that have uh, had special editions like that have shipped early, so well, it is what it is. Twenty. I would say that codes are kind years. of fun though, because <laughs> they sometimes they can spell like really fun words. Like I had a code for like a legendary Pokemon one time, and it spelled out the current era that you have just entered. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so funny. Um, I was like, oh, this is on a a children's like character oh, really oh that's yeah. funny it was for the like the, i think it was for volcanion it was for a legendary pokemon uh, that i ended up giving away on stream you know the, um, like, your your code is o-n-l-y-f-a-n-s <laughs> um that's funny uh well so we've got all these physical games i mean so i'm surprised to see like uh i don't know 
Starfield's been in the making for so long, it would be nice if they didn't bungle the release by having people's copies show up late. Because um, I've talked, we, we talked about the Starfield well, Direct. Let's GameStop. That's gonna happen. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, the the last time I went to GameStop with an asterisk, is for the Fallout 4 uh, Midnight release, which when we talked about the Starfield Direct on last week's show, I had mentioned that the last time I was really super hyped for a new IP and the last time I went to a Midnight release was Fallout 4. And so that was really cool to go in. I uh, got the physical game. I even just out of chance, I won a t-shirt while I was in line. It was like five sizes too big for me, but it was a great night shirt, you know? Um, but that stuff was fun, and that stuff that you only... I mean, those are physical things. That, you know, it's memorabilia. And that stuff was really cool. Um, I certainly hope that people's games arrive on time, whatever that means now. Uh, of course, it's a lot more common for stuff to get released into the wild early, but that's a conversation for another time. Um, but, uh, you know, we've got the codes. Like the, I just I can't get over the irony of Starfield having like a dope collector's edition with all these physical things. <laughs> But but not a physical game, which I'm not upset. It's just yeah. funny, you know. It's just remarkable. Uh, we've got um, you know the PS5s that are you, you can get your disc version or your non-disc version. So automatically you have like a market, like a Sony's trying to market to people where some huge percentage of their uh, their base just doesn't give a damn about the physical discs. So they automatically know that most people won't even have the option to play because they don't care. I don't care for the most part. Uh, I mean, I have a box of, um, I have a box of games sitting here. It's my old Xbox 360. It's a ton of Xbox 360 games, a few PS4 games like Uncharted, whatever Call of Duty I played for 45 minutes and didn't like because I got blown up by grenades in the spawn area. I'm not bitter, you're bitter. And, uh, and are you sure you didn't like Call of Duty just because it's you know? Hey, no, Call of Duty's not a bad game. Like, really, I'm not gonna rag on Call of Duty just for being mega popular and sweaty and stuff. There's fun to be had. But I loaded the game up and I, I hadn't played like an arena. It's not an arena shooter. I don't know what to call it. But a game where you you're in a box and you spawn, you know, in a box. And if people know where your spawn is, they can kill you before you can move. That sucked. Uh, but that's not what I'm trying to talk about. Um, I have a box of all of these things, and I I like them because they're the only physical things I really have. I but I they're literally in a box behind a door in with a lid on it. You know, so like I don't need. I'm clearly not the guy who needs to hold on to physical stuff because it doesn't really hold value for me. But um, you know, there's something about it that I that I really like, though. I still have all of these uh, old game manuals. I don't think I'm ever going to get rid of the old World of Warcraft booklet that's, like, thick. I mean, it's probably, like, 50 pages or something. Uh, you know, it's just it's just a little thing. I mean, it fits in your hand, but um, I love that thing. The fact that uh, it teaches you how to play the game and the basic mechanics and some very basic lore. Uh, I remember reading that on the way home from buying the game at Best Buy when I was, I don't know, in ninth grade, maybe? Something like that. Uh, and that's a memory I will always have. And that's a memory that, you know, if I was reading that same exact thing on my phone, it's just another thing I'm reading on my phone, you know? And uh, sure, part of that is just a generational thing. And not everything, not every, you know, info thing needs to be a book, right? And I'm not trying to say that it is, but but that was a, a cool memory I have. And uh, without the opportunity to experience that, um, we're definitely missing out on something, you know, and really it's, 
I'm not quite at the level of old man uh, shout to the sky or anything, but um, you know, those are things I really appreciate, and that's just not something that uh, reading reading information on a screen is ever gonna replace. Not in the same way. Uh, right. So yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I wonder. I wonder 50 years from now, when when everything has the ability to be as digital as possible, I wonder what the physical landscape will look like. Like not just like Carlos uh, Vilosai. Uh, I I joke about you being a collector, but like you pointed out, you don't really collect stuff. You know, you're not mm-hmm. you're not a completionist in that regard. You're not just buying everything because it's there. Yeah. You know. So, you know, and so maybe I, I uh, misrepresent you when I make those, when I poke fun at you. But, um, you know, there will always be people who want those, want the cool thing on their shelf or, you know, to be yeah. able to show off the thing from their favorite franchise. Um, so I wonder what that stuff's going to be like as far out as, you know, 50 years from now, because games aren't going anywhere, obviously. Uh, but it's just, it's just so murky as far as like a supply and demand thing. If I was Devolver Digital, right? Where do I think the future of this stuff is? Like, I want to see. Right in their name. What's that? <laughs> Digital's right in their name. Oh well. Well, like, oh, I, I oh think, boy, I, I watched right into that one. Concerned um, more with like what kind of things would you have to offer on the physical side fifty years from now? Because like things like art books, which are a big draw to collectors' editions, art books and you know concept art and soundtracks, um, you know that you can like put on CDs. Those can all be very well digitized items you know you can get like a digital soundtrack you can get like a whole like a a zip file of all the concept art and all that stuff so like what would there be to offer um down the line i mean figurines probably would still probably hold up uh, really well like i really love my sophia figurine uh, back there it's really nicely made and um not proportions it's banging Um, (laughs) (laughs) but like what else could you do you know, I mean, nothing else really creates that physical, like, core memory of flipping through and reading and learning about things in in that fashion. Sure. Um, I, I'd be interested if we can have uh, someone who reads comic books here on the show sometime or on some of our content. Because, you know, comic books are uh, not only available digitally, to my knowledge, um, when new releases come out, I'm pretty sure they are, but I don't know that for a fact. But there are massive catalogs of older comics that are all digital that you can buy in a huge bundle, right? And they seem just as enjoyable and definitely more accessible. Um, so I would wonder, I wonder, wonder how many parallels we could draw between physical comic books and digital things, because you, both of them can be consumed either way. It's really just a personal preference. But I mean, comic books aren't they're not going to stop printing physical ones anytime soon, right? Um, it's a little different. You're not playing a comic <laughs> book. Uh, especially, like, comic True. books aren't... Uh, Unless you're playing Beautiful Joe. Massively multiplayer <laughs> online comic books, you know. I mean, true, but we have lost most most magazines, and especially gaming magazines, we've lost almost completely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, Edge magazine is still around, but it's it's $15. A magazine. Wow. That's sometimes pretty 20. expensive tree. Like <laughs> for real though. Um and, and I definitely want to get back to Saul's point because we uh on on the dock we almost had a segue there. But right before that, uh I did want to point out there um very specifically that Remedy, the makers of control and Alan Wake 2, uh specifically had uh their they actually had their reasoning on Twitter because they know how Twitter gets 
and they dealt with a shitstorm uh, for the Control uh, AWE um, expansion or DLC, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. when that was digital only. And so they explicitly said on the major announcement of Alan Wake 2, uh, their, their release date and everything, they said, hey, listen, we do have our reasons. You don't need to know all of them, but right here are a few of them. Uh, and it's, it's not only a budgetary thing, uh, so obviously it, it, it costs every gaming company a great deal uh, to make physical copies, especially for Switch. Sorry. <laughs> um, but it does cost them a great deal. It's because the cartridges Switch are cards. too big. They... <laughs> <laughs> obviously. It's probably the coding. I bet that's expensive coding. It's very specific to make the cartridges, period. That's what's wild, because there's right. only like two companies that do it. Oh. <laughs> yeah and so they in true nintendo fashion yeah they name their own price basically and uh yeah there's there's 16 gigabyte cards and 32 gigabyte cards and most companies are like fuck you i'm not i'm not doing 32 gigabyte cards but they'll be like you know uh eight gigs on the actual cartridge and then a 25 gigabyte download or whatever right. they're like hey um, we're releasing the new final fantasy and it's on eight 32 <laughs> gigabyte cartridges <laughs> listen the pixel remaster all downloads okay sorry i say that i think it was i think final fantasy 1 is technically on cart but everything else is downloads and those are like not even 500 megabyte games well like, isn't the entirety of like the battle network uh, collection also like all on physical as well i mean like the the i think that one's like a the, couple of them are on yeah. the cart yeah like it's it's there the the possibility to put all of a collection on cart yeah is there but and it might won't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but they also went with the other things. They they tried to you know not make it look shitty to them. They were like, also it in reducing our production costs, it costs the gamer less, so they don't have to make Alan Wake two a seventy dollar game like like Sony is and and now Nintendo is with Tears of the Kingdom. Um, so I, I think they officially said that Alan Wake two is either fifth. Forty or fifty dollars, I think, which is spectacular. Um, but you know, still a vast majority of gamers aren't even going to buy it at that price point. They're going to wait till it's twenty and twenty-five bucks. That's um, me. <laughs> I, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't need it day one. Yeah. Um, like like us Game Pass users. <laughs> and then uh, after that, they also said uh, at the end of the day, you know, they also don't want to crunch. <laughs> They don't want to be crunching all all the way up to release date. Uh, they every game has its gone gold date, and they need it to be at a certain point in development um, because they can't just get a, a game certified for every shop. That, like especially Nintendo games, uh, for each, literally for each platform is what you're saying. Yeah, for each platform because um, uh, what was it? Um, Sunshine Shuffle because uh, I. Talking about Xavier Nelson all the time and Strange Scaffold. Good boy. Um, for Sunshine Shuffle, they kind of fucked up on the Nintendo certification. Oh, why and, is that? Uh, Can we talk about that for a second? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that's because uh, because they accidentally made it. Uh, they made a meme that they were teaching kids how to gamble. 
And yeah. Nintendo and, did not like and that. Nintendo's like, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it so del- about that game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it delayed the release on Switch uh, because of the certification by like a full two weeks after the, the PC release. Uh, <laughs> but that that's something that happens plenty, and especially with Nintendo titles, um, because they have to have things done up to certain points. They have to have updates on a game done to a certain point, because if it's going to have to have a day one patch... Uh, it has to be certified with each particular shot that it's in. And so uh, Remedy was like, bro, we don't want to deal with that. And that means that if needed, if something breaks, you know, 10 minutes till midnight, that we can fix it without freaking out, you know, without having to to course correct in 24 hours in order for the the game's uh, release to be, you know, just panned critically. That... Uh, into yeah. a MMORPG called Illyria, something like that. Um, it was really cool looking, like top-down Tibia-like. Uh, top-down what-like? Tibia, it's like a, a 2.0, like, really old-school, like, RPG that you play, played in your browser, Tibia. Um, t- like, it's about like the bone. Okay. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, gosh, what was it called? like Illyrium or something like that. And it looked really, really cool. It had like RuneScape vibes and everyone was really excited about it. And, um, you know, it was getting really good hype, you know, zeitgeist going. And then it released. Oh my gosh, I've never seen such a botched release in the, in the history of the world. It was Fallout so... Fallout 76 like, is pretty bad. Something. Mm, no Man's Sky was I, bad, but Fallout 76 is, I think, the worst release I've ever seen. I think this may top it because something like it, it's just as Vilos described something like broke on release mm-hmm. and it was like when they tried to fix it, it broke everything in the game. <laughs> and so for like the next three or so weeks, they had like release a patch like every day, like a hotfix every day. And this was a game that had like a $300 founders pack. Oh, oh. yeah. And a oh. subscription model. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, so they were like, they were already asking people for this kind of money, and the game was that kind of playable. And oh my god, the the Discord was on fire. I like, it was it was awful. It was a mess. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Uh, well, let's see. I mean, we could. There's so many things we could talk about here, and I'm always excited to talk about more game stuff with you, uh, with the two of you. But for the sake of the party topic today. Do we have anything else we want to really touch on before we wrap things up here? Uh, because this is a conversation that we regularly touch on because, it, you know, because mm-hmm. of who we are as players um, and the way that this news keeps coming out. It just feels like it's especially, you know, we've had news article after article after article of different games, unrelated games over the past month or so. Man, June's been a long month. Wow. Uh it's really been a long month. I just feel like we've seen so many games bring up specific physically relate physical release related articles lately. Um, we mentioned Starfield. We've mentioned Alan Wake. Uh, we mentioned the Capcom collection of some sort that we'll get details on. Um, but a bunch of stuff. It's just we're in such a I don't know such an unusual spot. Not even thinking about the collector stuff of uh, Vilos. Let me get these right here. Uh, limited run games and uh-huh. reserve. Oh. Already messed up. Special, special, special reserve, special reserve games. games. Okay. Um, <laughs> even even if you exclude them, who I think they're more for uh, 
you know, the antiquarian types, right? The people who, who want a very specific thing, they know what they want versus the, uh, st the studios who, Hey, do we release this in a disc because of the people who want a disc to play on their PS five or, mm. uh, who want a physical cartridge to play on their switch instead of a digital download? Because I think those are potentially two very different markets. There's a lot of overlap between the two, but, uh, I think when you just look at the, the broad market, um, based on so many of the things that you've cited, you both have cited today. Um, yeah, it, it's just, uh, nobody see, you know, there's no playbook. I just listened to, I'm listening to a lot of podcasts that, uh, I'm listening to old episodes that came out in 2020. So I'm hearing a lot of people say stuff like there's no playbook for the pandemic. Uh, so I've kind of got that phrase stuck in my head. Um, but there's no playbook for these digital releases because there's also this element of like, uh, when, when, um, you said there's a Twitter fire for Remedy Games when they talked about their past Alan Wake physical stuff, right? Constantly, yeah. The really difficult thing about that is that uh, it's it's a very similar to uh, I have a friend who is trying to meet people through Tinder. Uh, she's trying to find people to date, and it's frustrating because a lot of the people she's meeting just are not uh, impressive. They're just not uh, quality people. And the interesting thing about this, which I promise is, is related, is that uh, it seems like everyone she's meeting is not up to the level. You know, they're they're not on the level. And um, the unfortunate thing is the people who are easiest to access uh, are the only people she's seeing. So the only people she's seeing are people who are using Tinder, you know? So, like, it makes it feel like everyone out there is just uh, not the right fit you know but in truth only the people on the dating app she's using are not the right fit so with the physical releases when people get a lot of backlash from twitter only the people on twitter are voicing their opinions people who have plenty of opinions who aren't on twitter uh aren't being heard in that conversation you know because because they're not uh, that's not where they spend their time online but it's just an interesting uh thing where this dynamic of the very loudest most online people have their voices heard in a very specific way and companies have to respond to that because it creates this PR nightmare. So I wonder what uh, the wider, I wish we could send a Gallup poll out and hear how people really feel about physical releases, not just the people on social media, but but gamers at large, which, you know, send a mailer out, right? Do people still check their mail? Uh, <laughs> oh my God, get like a census going. <laughs> the Venn diagram of all these potential people is getting so messed up right now. Yeah, so so I really want to, I really want to learn more, but I think about that a lot, that a lot of, uh, a lot of companies only know what people online are telling them. And there are tons of people who are just not on those surfaces, uh, uh, services, the platforms, who also have opinions. But it's really hard for people like me who, like, maybe I'm moving to Discord only from now on. Uh, we had a conversation about it in our Discord earlier today. Uh, you know, now I'm like, well, how do I make my voice heard from companies? I think the only thing I can do now is spend my money. Because if I'm not on Twitter or Facebook or other platforms, then uh, do they even hear what I have to say? You know, and it'd be a shame if like these did these physical releases went away, because maybe in my mind, a lot of the people who'd be the most interested in physical releases are people who might not be super digital people, you know. Like an always online person might not be the same person who buys these products, but the people who want them the most might just not be heard by the company. So I don't know. 
Um, we need to bring back like PO boxes and stuff because, like, you know, they used to have stuff like that where you could send in your feedback and like comments and stuff. Like, or they would have like the the eight hundred hotline that you could call. Um, we need to bring stuff like that back because you're right, absolutely. Like, people who don't get online won't be heard because that's where all of the people are looking for that feedback. I they don't they don't have any avenue to provide feedback for like analog analog is that the right word analog sure. people. Uh, as much as they used to, if they still right. do. Like, I don't even know if they still do, and that's part of the problem. Uh, today I heard <laughs> on uh, the local NPR affiliate, there was a whole story on how uh, this one person during COVID was writing into the governor uh, on paper, like handwriting letters and <laughs> sent in and just sent in tons and tons and tons of letters. And the governor read all of them uh, and, and they ended up meeting somebody this journalist got them to meet together and they had a whole show of being like, Hey, you guys have corresponded a whole, whole lot. Now you finally get to meet each other and stuff. And they had a conversation on like, well, how many people are actually spending the time to write a written letter that they really thought about versus how the people who type stuff online or send an email where it, it, they didn't proofread it. They really sent it when they were really, uh, pat, you know, emotional about something good or bad, uh, you know, and, and how much of the conversation, um, about COVID or, or of any of this stuff is just really emotional people in the moment and not the well thought out kind of thoughts that you might've gotten when you, you know, have the physical nature of writing the stuff down. Anyway, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut up. Um, <laughs> Speaking of, uh, I do want to have uh, Sav uh, with their moment here on uh, get, getting a little bit of, of the good feels for the digital side, just in case, you know, our digital overloads are, are listening and, Maybe you want to help us out a little bit. Yeah, you hear that CIA agent? I'm on your side. Kind of. <laughs> we'll talk. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, as much as I do like my physical physical editions, you know, I love opening my Switch case and seeing the cavalcade of like all of my stuff, um, just sitting there all nice and neat. And then looking behind me and seeing all my game like cases just there and all in the straight line and stuff. Like it's so, look how satisfying that is. Well, actually, where's the game? And why is that one missing? <laughs> you gotta know which one it is, though. It's probably too difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's it's so satisfying, isn't it? Just seeing that whole collection there. So as much as I do love that, and I love ejecting and inserting the the cartridge, that tactile feeling of feeling the resistance at the spring, like it's so good, all of that. But there are some games that just don't come available in that way, you know. Um, and otherwise, you would never be able to experience them if that was something that you were only interested in, like just collecting physical games like that. Uh, one of those things is, and I've talked about this game a lot recently, um, Monday Night Combat, which is um, like this really hybrid FPS MOBA sort of affair that like futurized like sports into this like combat-y sort of affair. And it was really, really fun, but it only came out on Xbox Arcade for the 360. So if I was like a super duper staunch physical only collector, I never would have been able to have that experience. And it was one of the most formative gaming experiences I've ever had. It's what kickstarted me into content creation. It's what introduced me to um, server like games that had like servers on them, you know, like dedicated servers like TF2 and things like that. Um, it's the first game that I joined a clan in. Like we, we had a whole clan and uh, like we had like memes and everything. Like it was the first time I really, really felt a part of um, a gaming community. And if I had been so just adamant about not doing digital stuff, I mean, where would I be right now? Like, I, I never would have had that experience. And then there, there are some other games, too, that are being re-released um, after having been released on consoles in the past as digital-only titles, which you can only acquire digitally now because, you know, um, 
you know, it's like lost data or something like that, or maybe that's just out of print. Um, one of those being one of my favorite, like literally top five games of all time, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Um, I love that game. I'm so glad that it came to the Switch for a virtual console. Or no, actually, it's remastered. Never mind. It's remastered, right? So you could buy it digitally remastered. I think eventually they released a physical copy. I could be wrong about that. But at the time... I mean, um, I mean we owned... So Crystal Chronicles was the first Final Fantasy I ever played. The only two I've ever played are Crystal Chronicles and Thirteen. So we had the physical release for the the GameCube. Right. I'm talking about present saying, day, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. On the modern. Okay, I see. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, I do have my GameCube. I don't know if I still have the Crystal Chronicles game, but I can't take my GameCube with me. You know, I can take it's my It's got a handle me. on the back. So, I mean, so who I says? I mean, I can't play my first GameCube with me console. unless I have, like, a wall outlet or a generator or a Pikachu. No. <laughs> you you got to put a handle on your generator and bring that with you. I did used to call my GameCube my lunchbox because it looks like a lunchbox when you're carrying it by the handle. So, um, but no, I mean, like FFCC, as I enduringly call it, because uh, it is a mouthful, uh, you know, is available digitally. And I, I love that. I love that I can still not only like relive the experience that I had in the past, but, you know, it's available, it's more accessible to other people too, um, especially those who are digital only and don't want like that physical, you know, the, the, the augury of it all. Because, I mean, if you do let it get out of hand, you do have to kind of Marie Kondo like everything. But so I, I see both sides of the conversation, you know. Um, I, I really do prefer digital whenever, I, or physical whenever I can get it. But digital isn't bad. I don't want to go all digital. I really don't. I really hope it doesn't go that way. Um, or if it does, I hope it doesn't happen in my lifetime. But... Um, you got a long I mean, life ahead of you. There's a lot of room for dystopian uh, disappointment, you know? We, yeah, we that's fair. I mean, the way the that technology time. boomed between 1990 and now is, I mean, it's very likely it might happen in our lifetime. I mean, how I had a conversation with somebody the other day that if you if you walk up to a kid right now and ask them to, you know, pretend you're taking a picture of someone or just pretend you're taking a picture, you know, may, our generation might do this, but their generation will do, you know, this. Yeah. Put a selfie up. Uh, it's just a different world, you know? So yeah, like 20, 30, 50 years from now, what does it look like? I hope you're alive in 20, 30, 50 years, Sav. I hope you are. I hope we're gaming together still. I'll never die. You know you know what they say about That's heroes. a threat, not a promise. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to see me in 20, 30 years. No. <laughs> you will not like... Uh, let's uh, see. Okay, well, uh... Are we did we cover all our bases? Is... Oh yeah, that was that was a very good very good discussion. All right, bases covered. All right, chat. I dropped a uh, link. We'll have this. Uh, I don't know somewhere in the show notes. You can always always find everything on our Discord. But I dropped a link in Discord to the uh, post that Vilos made for. Uh, it's called "The Time Has Come for Digital Only." Uh, I'll drop some more. Um, some more of the stuff that we've talked about during the show and stuff that we find uh, afterwards in that thread. Uh, that's a thread that uh, you can be a part of it's all about having a conversation not just a one-way uh not a one-way street so if you would like to be a part of that uh keep an eye out for that um link here i just put it in here again um but yeah we'd love to see more people on our discord to to talk about this what does this mean to you you can tweet at us you can tweet at the vilos on twitter uh at party invite show you can join our discord discord.gg slash party invite show uh we would love to hear what the digital and physical future means to you do you like to collect stuff do you like to have a physical copy to give to your friends do you have opinions on drm 
there are all sorts of things to talk about. And we'll talk about this again, no doubt. Um, you know, News Platfest, physical, digital, or b both. I don't know what the third option would be. <laughs> I tell you what, when we get to our game stream, we're going to put a poll up. And we're gonna we're gonna figure out the three for that one. We're gonna see where everybody falls. Um, so thanks everybody for watching. Uh, I've been Tegan. Uh, that's Vilos over there. Yep, yep. Down here we've got Sav. Yay! Oh, Ethereal. That's the name of the RPG. Ethereal. I got there. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Just in the nick of time. Uh, let's see. We're gonna be right. We're gonna be right back with um, uh, more game stream. We're gonna take a break, but for everybody else, we will see you in a couple weeks when we're back. No podcast next week. Just a reminder there. Uh, yeah, no no streams next week, and hopefully two Mondays from now we'll have uh, the final episode of Bleak Sword. I don't know. I thought this week was gonna be the last one, but then it really kicked my butt. So uh, we'll see about that. But uh, yep, uh, thanks everybody for watching. We'll see you again soon. And uh, be good to each other. Be good to yourselves. See you, podcast listeners. Bye. Bye.